Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Psychic Wives. I'm Ginger Hendry. I'm Kathy Rumsey. And I'm Jerry Carabin. And we are really excited to have a guest with us today. We have Genevieve Hackett. Um, Genevieve is a um, psychic medium who does channeling, tarot. <laughs> I'm going to have you introduce yourself, um, and then we'll talk about what we're going to be um, talking about for this episode. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Genevieve. <laughs> I'm <laughs> waving. Um, <laughs> hi. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I guess a hodgepodge, a little bit of, of everything. Um, the, the, like you said, the tarot, the channeling, um, scrying mediumship what have you whatever's needed in the moment um yeah so i've been i don't know what you want me to say well um i uh, i just had a quick question and this is not what we're actually going to be talking about but scrying can you yeah. just um because i saw everybody kind of light up can you just explain what scrying is so you know you've the most famous example of scrying i can give you is probably in the wizard of oz when she's looking into the when the witch is looking into the crystal ball yeah and she sees dorothy um but it's it's really just having something to focus on so that you can um kind of make your eyes go out of focus while you're staring at it so you can see with your third eye so it looks like um, if you've ever, ever had a daydream or if, you're, if you see with your abilities, it, it kind of looks like that in your head. But you have something that you, can, that you use to focus on. So that's really what, what scrying is. Some people use um, a, a dark colored bowl. I, I actually use, um, I have a crystal ball, um, but I actually use a black bowl that I got at Walmart. <laughs> I fill it with water and so the darker the room the stronger it is and I'll use candlelight and I'll just look into the water and my in allow whatever comes to come so yeah okay so I totally see another episode <laughs> I do too, <laughs> I do too. <laughs> totally another episode this, coming up that's amazing, be, so. <laughs> in a future episode we'll cover <laughs> yeah. that's so cool that is sure. really cool all right, so we're going to table that, and we're going to come back to that at another time because we can't let that one go. Um, but the, what we asked um, Jen to come and talk with us about today was um, Jen has done some work um, in the uh, psychic crime solving. Mm -hmm. So um, maybe um, you could just explain to us sort of how you got into that and, and, and how it works. I know you actually are teaching people how to be able to do that now, but if you can just tell us kind of how it started. So actually, it just started with people reaching out to me and asking for help with um, missing objects and loved ones and animals. Um, and then at, at one point, it, I, I had a friend who is a police officer, and, it, and it, um, he would ask for help with certain things that they were working on. Um, and it just kind of went from there. And so... Psychics often will get contacted for that kind of thing and will often refer the person to another psychic because not everybody wants to do this kind of work because it's, it, can be, um, it can be really heavy. It can be really dark. Yeah. So, um, it, that started happening too where um, other psychics would say, oh, no, go talk to Genevieve. She doesn't mind doing that work. And it just kind of grew from there. Um, so do you think it started more with sort of missing people or missing and, and, yeah. and then the more that you attracted that kind of work, the deeper you were able to. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So do you work with, um, is it local law enforcement? Is that how you said that you had a friend who was a local policeman, but, um, yeah. um, so it's local and it's national. Um, I haven't, I haven't worked international for, for the crime solving, um, but I, I know I, I've worked with the police in, in a small town in Minnesota um, and also in one of the Carolinas. I think South Car People from the Carolinas hate when you say the Carolinas, but I can't remember which one it was. Jerry's um, in the Carolinas. I'm from North Carolina. Okay, so we, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm originally from up there. So oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, um, and I've worked with, obviously, with a lot of them from New England. The, the thing about working with law enforcement is they don't want people to know that they work with psychics unless you're from Salem. That. Yeah, they don't. Well, I just worked um, a missing persons case and it, and it was released to, uh, there was an article released and I forget um, 
what the publication was, but the they listed all of the resources that they used, and of course, psychics weren't on there, you know, and it was the family that was speaking. So sometimes even the family won't say, yeah, we talked to psychics. And I wasn't the only psychic that they reached out to. There was, you know, there was quite a few of us. So it's just par for the course. If you're in it for the glory, it's it's probably odds are high. You might not get it. <laughs> well, isn't that, isn't that true of anything though? That's true. Yeah. Yes. yes. What is it like when like, are they like, you know, is it is like a cop calling you like, oh my God, I hate that I have to do this. Are they like weird on the phone when they're like reaching out to you? Like, no, because they're usually, or? they're usually secret believers is what I, ah. what I like to call them. Yeah. So they'll, they'll, they'll say, Hey, you know, what do you think you could get off of this? And mm -hmm. um, oh. yeah. And then they have ways of, of wording it to make it, um, you know, they'll say a confidential informant or anonymous person, anonymous tip or, um, okay. yeah, the police but, are funny. They, they'll, they'll admit that they use their gut, right. Which is the same as intuition, which is the same as psychic, but they won't admit right work with work with a psychic yeah well don't but don't you think i'm sorry ginger see genevieve i'm just going to probably along those same lines think that they're um that they are using their gut that they may know what it is that they want to find out but don't feel they can go that route so if they have you come in and you can um sort of back up what their gut is i mean is that part of sometimes most of the time when they, when I'm approached by law enforcement, it's, it's, um, it's very, you know, again, it's very, very hush hush and it's, it's, let me see what you can get. Or I, I have a body. What do you got? I mean, they give me very, very minimal information. It's the families that give you more information. Mm -hmm. The police will just say this, this is what I got. You know, what are you picking up on? You see, and, do and they, don't you do prefer give... it that way? Sorry. Say that again, Kathy. I said, don't you prefer it that way, Genevieve? Like yeah, the less info you have, the better? Usually, yes. Yes, yeah. because, you know, um, you're human still. And so you're, you're, that part of you that's Nancy Drew lover will try to get in the way and, and try to make sense out of everything. And, and our role isn't to solve the crime, even though I call my class crime solvers. Our role is to point them in the right direction. So... Mm -hmm. You know, it might be looking for evidence or it might be, um, you know, once you find the car, you'll find it or, or something along those lines. It's not like Ghost Whisperer on TV where we're out actively going into people's homes when they're not there and, and searching for evidence and things like that. You know, it's still have to be and safe. I, <laughs> and I just well, I want to ask you one question, maybe to clarify a little, too. I have a friend who's a detective uh, with the New York State state police or troopers, I don't know what they call themselves. Um, and I, we were having dinner one night and I asked him about the use of psychics in his detective work. And he was just like, no, 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 mm -hmm. you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But what he said was, we get psychics contacting us all the time. Yeah. But just to clarify, you don't reach out to these police departments. They reach out to you right. looking for help. So it's, it's the whole you get someone who, like you said, is a secret believer, mm -hmm. but they're, because I would think if you're in the course of an investigation, have a bunch of people who are like, I'm getting a psychic hit, it would right. be overwhelming right. to the law enforcement people. Yeah. Um, and if you don't have someone who's a believer or even a secret believer, they're just going to, they're going to negate it anyway. <laughs> even if it's, even if it's real information, even if it's yeah. good information, they're not going to listen. Right. Right. They're not. And they're going to be very, um, you'll feel very uncomfortable around them. They have, they have a way of, of speaking that that's, uh, you know, the, the intent is clear that they don't believe in what you do, that they think you're a crackpot, that they, right. you know, what, what it is. And, and it's rare that you're actually exposed to that because the secret believer police officer doesn't want to expose themselves to that kind of ridicule either. And again, it depends on the, on the police department. There are some yeah. police departments that are very open to working with psychics. There are some that are um, active, that actively seek them out. So we're up here in, um, in the Gardner area, I, when Molly Bish went missing, everybody remembers that yeah. case. There was a psychic from Connecticut that reached out to the local police department and said, you know, I think she's in 
the Gardner area. And so they went and picked her up and brought her up here to, and they drove her around and she obviously didn't end up finding Molly, but Molly's family, she had family in this area. So that's probably what the psychic was picking up on. Mm. Um, you know, in my, in my class, I do talk about how law enforcement reacts and it, it depends again. And this guy actually has guidelines that they've released on how to work with the psychic. And do you, do you find that it's changing as we had a conversation? I don't know if it was an episode. <laughs> I think it was actually a previous episode. Ginger and Jerry can fill me in or if it was just a private conversation the three of us had about how it does seem like the mindfulness movement and the you know is is getting larger and I know Ginger your your brother is in the police force correct he's retired and actually he works with he's worked with Jen he studied mediumship with Jen right yeah. but he also in his, because I know like law enforcement and like um, uh, prison guards and stuff are doing a lot of meditation and mindfulness to whatever. Like, do you find that, I don't know how long you've been doing this particular field of crime solving, um, how long you've been doing it for, but have you seen that, that law enforcement agencies are getting more accepting? I, I, that has not been my experience, um, at all with the, um, with the FBI, with, with the higher ups in the police departments, they don't want people to know that this is something that they, that they've explored at all. Um, and, and there's, there's a lot of, there's still a lot of backlash. I mean, we've come so far. Oh, and I don't, I don't mean but, um, being public with it because mm -hmm. that just leads to scrutiny that they don't need. I mean, do you find more reaching out to you versus five or 10 years ago? Oh, or definitely. do you not have enough background to know? Definitely. Okay, cool. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, it's still, sometimes they'll reach out to me and, and no one else in the department will know that they've reached out to me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and so. you know, and it's it's so cool because I was I I watched a, a um uh, there's a uh, Netflix movie. I think it's called Third Eye Spies, and it's about the CIA's use of psychics doing remote viewing yeah. back in the seventies in yeah. the Cold War. Yes, with do remote viewing here's the latitude longitude line tell us what you see yeah fascinating that was like you know 50 years ago yeah it's believed that they still do that i i can't obviously can't confirm that i don't know but there is a belief that they still use um psychics with remote viewing for whatever well, it, it is that the cia does <laughs> the spying um right yeah but i mean the fbi on the other hand wants nothing publicly nothing to do with yeah. with anything occult or esoteric or anything like that so it's, well, it's actually interesting and you can see why right because there's no accredited school mm, <laughs> right yeah. anyone can call themselves a psychic i like guess i i think um you know, if, if, if you're going to think along those lines uh, as a, as an agency that represents the public, then you, then it's really, you know, the word God is mentioned on our money and it's, and it's part yeah. of their, their creed. And, and so it's not, um, it's not really open-minded or, or even or equal to mm -hmm. say that, to dismiss it so quickly when, when you, you know, believe in a, in a guy in the sky in a robe. Us what to do. Such a great point. I never, you know what? That's that is such a great point. You're right. I would think that there was a part of it more of just a um almost like I can't we can't do it, we've got to go to somebody else, and that's a little yeah. ding to your mm -hmm. uh and we yeah. What am I saying? Your credibility. Your right. Credibility your credibility and well, and can't they can't explain how you get the information you get. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have a hard time explaining, you know, right. I always say in my readings, 
I don't know. I don't know how I got it. This is what I got. I don't, it just came to me or whatever. Or I can say, well, I saw this or well, how did I see it? Well, right. in my third eye, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, Genevieve, go back to what you had said, like, like, so sometimes, like, can you give us just an example of like what they'll give you? Like, like what pieces of information you said before, like, okay, we have a body. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. We, we have a body. It's a guy. Get to work. And you just well, connect with, you just uh, do your thing connect. and connect and whatever comes yeah, up. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, sometimes it's one time they brought me to um, a crime scene after it had been processed. Um, I had to Physically hide. brought you to the crime scene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had to hide so no one else would see me. Um, <laughs> I know it's crazy. Um, sometimes they'll bring me something to hold, um, a shirt or an article from the person. Um, so it just all depends on where Um, they're at in the investigation too. If, if, uh, you know, I'm not the first phone call that they make. So when they, when they do come to me, it's, it's because the the case really isn't going anywhere and they really, you know, it's a dead end and they, they're really stretching at that point. Yeah. How often do you, is this a big part of your So it's, it comes, it it like, Jerry, it comes in waves. So I could get, I could get six cases in a week and then nothing for a year. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. It's not, it's not anything that's like regular. Like when you do readings, you you have your schedule every week of of the days that you do readings and, and what have you. But with, with this, it's so sporadic. And then you can have a case that goes on and on and on. And, and then you can have a case where you say, this is what I got. And then you never hear from the person again. So you could have a case where they <clears throat> give you something and you're working on it for like an extended period of time. Right. As That's opposed to just times. one hit and like say, okay, thank you. See ya. Right. Okay. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Well, they give you a limited amount. Let's say they say we have a body. Mm-hmm. You know, how are you, how do you work your intuition let's say are you looking at it as a situation do you try to connect with that let's say spirit of that body where do you um where do you start so usually i i write down whatever it is that they say and i keep my hand like on the paper and if it's something that's that vague um which happens and i will say you know I, i will just kind of put out energetic tentacles almost I guess for lack of a better way to word it so I can feel what's going on see if I can connect with that soul my experience has been if the person um did not pass away in a natural way that their spirit is probably still here um and so it's it's different than most of the time when when I'm making connections I kind of reach my energy up um and when it's when it's that kind of a situation it's more of reaching my energy out to try to see if I can connect with that person to find out what happened. Um, if I have more, sometimes I don't need to do anything. Sometimes it just comes to me. Um, I, I worked a case of a, a young man who went missing and he went missing from Boston from one of the bars. And I saw immediately as soon as, as soon as the family reached out, I saw his body in the Charles, mm-hmm. you know, and so I didn't have to do anything. It just, it just, popped into my head there it is yeah yeah so it just depends on on the situation what was the very first one like were you like what you want me to what you know what I mean like was it was it just like how did that happen the very first so the first one was a woman who reached out she's from the south um and her son. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> her, her son had been even below below South Carolina, then it just gets like, you know, down south. Like it's yeah. just uh, <laughs> all those Yeah. We're 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 talking like deep south. And so she uh, her son had been killed and she um booked a reading with me over the phone and wanted to talk about that and wanted to see um, who killed her son and was it her daughter-in-law. And so that becomes difficult because you, you know, I certainly don't want to be accusing people of right. murder. Mm-hmm. Um, did she tell you that up front or did, she, did, 
she did. She did. Uh, and that, so that's hard too. Cause then it's yeah. like, you're getting all this info. Like I'd be like, well, stop talking. I don't mm -hmm. want all this information. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, what I said to her is let me tune in and see what I can see with him. And maybe we can point you in the right direction. I'm, I'm very careful to not just say, yeah, your daughter-in-law right. killed your son. Um, you, you know, you do have to be careful about things like that, but that was the very first one. And I'll never forget it because it was so uncomfortable Right. Yeah. because in her mind, she had already decided who, who had hurt her son. Mm -hmm. And so it was really, um, that was a tough situation. And you talk differently to families than you do to law enforcement. So, so then so what was the first time that the, that law enforcement ever reached out? Like, so, like it, and you don't have to tell me about the case, but was it yeah. like weird? You know, I think like, hi, this is the such and such police department. We would like any, like, were you like, what? well, it was someone that I knew. So it wasn't too, too weird for me. Okay. And he, he just explained, you know, this is what's going on. What do you think? Okay. And, and he said, can you, he said, can you use your, your spidey senses to tap in? That's right. <laughs> so he was probably a little bit of a believer because he knew you. Right. And knew right. she has these abilities and she's not a crackpot basically. Right. Or whatever word you used earlier. Right. Um, can, can I back up a little bit farther before like your first cases and just, were you, was this an area of interest for you or did you get into this because you had some experience with people coming to you for it? Do you know so what I mean? I actually wanted nothing to do with this okay. at all. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, I can't answer that. Uh, you know, it was, it felt too dark. It was very uncomfortable. It's still uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but it, it just kept coming people kept reaching out. And so I was like, okay, well, obviously I'm supposed to do something with this. I don't, you know, at the time I didn't know what. Um, and so I, it just kind of evolved from there, but no, I wanted nothing to do with any of any of this dark stuff or, um, you know, because you see the worst of the worst. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, and you have to be able to disassociate that so wow. that you're not carrying it, you know? Right. Interesting. Well, well, it must be so painful too, because you're obviously empathic, so you can feel the pain that the family mm -hmm. has. Um, and then that must be an added layer of pressure to come yeah. up with something to help, because that's the nature of right. this work, right? To, to help. So I don't do my work while I'm on the phone or in the presence of... Um, the family when they're yeah so there's nothing worse than talking to a parent mm -hmm. who's looking for their child it's it's right. just you'd you'd be heartless if you didn't feel for them and and, right. and it's really hard to 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 work when you're in that kind of energy so if i find that i'm struggling with it then i will say let me sit with this and i will i will reach out to you and i'll let you know what i receive and, and that's usually how I, how I handle that so that I don't give into that pressure to produce something because they're so, you know, we're not the first phone call that the families make. So by the time they're reaching out to me, it's because they're very, very desperate. desperate. They're desperate. Yeah. Right. And so to just throw something at them is one of the most irresponsible things, mm -hmm. but you do feel like you want to give them something, you want to help them. And, and so you have to be able to take a step back from that emotion in order to do your job really and if you're in emotionally involved you can't mm -hmm. you can't do it with a clear head so you're not doing it like live with them on the phone you get their information and then you most of your time. space and clear your health space and your, your head and get yourself into your clearness or whatever right. And then do the work. Most of the time. Yeah. I mean, there's always ex exceptions, but right. yes, most of the time. Right. Yeah. Especially if it's a parent, it's, it's just, um, the, the, it, it goes right to your heart. It's just, yeah. it, it shoots right to your heart because it's, it's just, I can't even fathom how they're feeling. I, right. I mean, I can feel it, but it's not the, obviously not the same. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so I'm going to ask a I'm just trying to understand how it works. Um, sure. 
are you using or can you even differentiate when you do like let's say the police call and say i have a dead body mm -hmm. so that person has obviously oh maybe not, no you said these are usually cold cases so they it's not like they've just passed because i was going to say like with mediumship mm -hmm. are you able to connect to someone who's passed away very very recently but i guess my question was do you feel like you're using your mediumship abilities more than your psychic or can you differentiate it varies case to case okay. um it's it's not typical that i have you know that when he said i have a dead body um it's a guy it, it that's rare that that happens it, it is usually cold cases um but it does vary case to case sometimes with mediumship it's all about comforting the family and they're not they don't want their family to see or know the details mm -hmm. um and sometimes it's psychic work it just depends on what the case is honestly which i know is vague but it really and sometimes it's both i would think it'd probably be a yeah a combination yeah. of of the the two and yeah uh, and i only i only you know it's as a student as a mediumship student right now you know it's one of those uh one of when I'm doing my practice calls and Jerry, you know this too, you know, we have to say what percent of the information you received was psychic versus mm -hmm. mediumship versus whatever. And it's like, I remember the first time I went to fill out the form <laughs> and I was just like, I don't even know how to answer that. And now that I've been doing it a bit, it's like, Oh, I know. Right. I know that was psychic. That was medium, blah, blah, blah. So it's a subtle vibrational difference. Yeah. 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 For sure. So talk about your classes. You teach this. Mm -hmm. So we, so right now it's all online because of this, the energy that we're in, the COVID, but it's basically what we do is we go over cases. I pull cases from around the world um, and we, we review them. We tap in psychically, mediumship wise, whatever your, whatever your gift is. And then sometimes we practice on how to how to speak with a family. Sometimes it's um, you know just how do you handle law enforcement? What do you you know will role play? Um, but it's also a lot about not getting caught in the story. That's the biggest thing. Mm, yeah, I think about teaching this because it's not up to us to make up the story. It's up to us to just deliver evidence. Right. And to say you know okay this is this is what you need to look at or this is what I'm seeing. And when we try to make up the story, that's when a lot of us get lost, I think. And that's when a lot of the information can get, miss, can get missed because it's never what we think it is. It's and isn't that true of all like psychic work or, or medium work is, no, you have to, as soon as you start making it into a story, you're in the wrong side of your brain. Right. You're right. trying to make talk, it make sense. Yeah. We talk about that a lot in when uh, all of us have, um taught animal communication and stuff like that and there mm -hmm. is a tendency especially when you're first starting out um what i always call it is you want to especially for the client especially if you know suppose you're doing animal animal communication and the animal is crossed or the animal is about to cr you know mm -hmm. transition or whatever and and there's that right brain feel or left brain feeling for us right brain left mm -hmm. brain uh, of us that wanting to tie everything up into a nice pretty bow is mm -hmm. what I call it. In other words, yeah. giving them exactly what they want to hear. And that's right. a huge part mm -hmm. of, of that, I would imagine, because you can't, you want to, but that's like the, you can't. Right. So yeah. part of it is to teach that you can't be invested in the outcome Yes, mm -hmm. like that. You have to be able to just deliver whatever it is you're receiving and and hope that it helps and send them on their way which sounds cold but yeah, if you okay. try to do more than that you hinder more than you help yeah so you really just have to be able to deliver it and let it go and and not worry about being right if, if you're worried about being right and you're worried about yeah. what people think of you then you're not ready to do this right, right. That's um, like the quote of the year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For anyone who's interested in any kind of psychic intuitive work, if you're doing it and you want to be right, you're not ready. If there's right. ego involved, get yeah. out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, you got to get out. Yeah. So do you have to do any, um, and this may be a weird question, but 
you know, we all have our little ritual or our little whatever mm -hmm. that we do to prep. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's always like, for me, a dis disconnect when I'm done with the reading, you know, um, do you do anything different for these types? Um, or is it, you know, you're such a pro at this point that it's, it is what it is. You biggest thing I think that I do, um, is I wash my hands. I think that that really helps me shake off any energy that I might right. have. Well, the biggest struggle I have is with children. Yeah. Um, anytime there's children involved, that's, it, it just, there are some cases I haven't, I actually won't work. I haven't worked because of that. I, I just, you have to know what you can and can't handle. Yeah. And you have to honor that because otherwise you just get yourself in trouble. So I think as long as I maintain that boundary, I, I'm okay. I don't have to do, um, any big ritual or anything like that, but you know, washing my hands definitely is. I love that you said that because I think that is such an important piece of what we do. And Julianne said that um, when we were interviewing her, Julianne Gaziella, who did channeling with us um, a couple episodes ago. If you guys didn't listen to it, go listen to it. Yeah. Um, I, about honoring when it's not right for you mm -hmm. and having to like, nope, that's not, that's not mm -hmm. going to work or um, not right for you, whether it's for you that it's not right, or you knowing that you can't be of service because of something, right. you know, to the client or the family or, or whatever. I think that is such, such, such an important piece um, to that being of service. So it's not like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take any work that I can get. Right. You know, right. it can't be that way. There's that attachment to ego and to getting it right and to, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever. So I love that you said that really important piece there. So when you're doing these classes and you're going through cold cases and things come up, let's say you pick up things, your students pick up things. Is it um, anything that you ever turn back to wherever you got the cold case from? Or is it more a learning experience for them? A little bit of both. Um, it depends because if you, if I turn over something to the police department, for example, um, I, I want to have the permission of the psychic that received the information in case the police want to speak with that person. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, ha it, it's a little bit of both. And sometimes I will say, you know, it, you can turn in that information and I'll guide the student to do that. A lot of times the cases that we work are already solved. Um, and I do that on purpose so that the people in the class can receive validation if they need it, or they can see how they misinterpreted. Cause that's a big part of it too, is, you know, I'll say, okay, I can see why you thought that, but this is what that pertains to. Mm. And so that, that's a, an example of left brain, right brain right. getting in the way. Um, you know, sometimes it's an active case that, they've reached out to me and I'll say, you know, do you mind if I present it to the class? And they'll say, no, the more the merrier, you know, that kind of um, situation. But then for the most part, the, the, the cases are solved um, just because people need that practice. They need to be able to, to know, I mean, anybody can, you can get together and then you can keep doing cold cases over and over again and it never goes anywhere. And so we do do cold cases, but we do a lot of cases that, you know, the outcome has already been determined. So on those cases that haven't been that you turn in info, whether it's you or students, do you get feedback that you were able to provide some help to send the investigation in a different direction or that it was helpful or is it just gone? You, just you, gone. Okay. Yeah, not usually. We don't usually get that. Um, I, I do have a, a person up in New Hampshire who is a former prosecutor, former police officer, um, works um, in the private sector now in, uh, as a lawyer. And so he will give me, you know, okay, this is what I did with the information that we got. But other than that, it's usually just like one and done. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah. So that's another piece that you have to be okay with that. Right. You have to have no ego around it, no right. attachment to it. Right. And right. present the information and move on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And know and know that right that even if your your information is what leads to the resolution of the case, right? They're not going to stand up and give you an award because <laughs> yeah, that would be you know what I mean like yeah. that like them admitting. So talk about 
it's almost like a complete lack of ego, right? It's well, yeah. I mean, sometimes it's, it's, um, you kind of, when you, when you see that the person that you thought was, you know, that you intuitively knew was the culprit for lack of a better way to put it. And if you see that in the news or you hear about it, you kind of go, I knew it. I knew it, you know, yeah. but, <laughs> but no one else knows you knew it. <laughs> right. Right. No one else knows you knew it. Except for my husband. I'll tell my husband, I, I knew that, (laughs) you know, it's not, um, it's not typical that you get that. Yeah. That high five or that pat on the back or, you know, whatever, whatever it happens to be. And then you, you know, with, with the, with this kind of work too, you, you have to be careful because sometimes I've run into, um, and I presented this in the class too, I've run into a couple of times where the person seeking the information is actually the person, the party responsible for the disappearance. Or, oh, wow. or the, yeah. And so they want to see what, what you can get. And that only goes so far because once they figure out that you're on to them, they, 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 it's called ghosting, I guess. And, and they, they cut you off completely and want anything to do with you or talk to you or anything like that. So. Interesting. Yeah. I know I keep telling my brother, you got to go and take that class. I know he did one of them with you, but I'm like, this is a perfect match yeah. <laughs> for, for your background and your skill set. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I think, I think it's fascinating. I, I love that. Um, you know, it feels like it's a calling to you or you wouldn't be doing it. Mm. And you're able to understand what you can do and what maybe is too much for you. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talk about, um, our, Jerry and Jerry and I are doing a mediumship program and our mentor always talks about being of service, being of service, Mm -hmm. being of service. Mm -hmm. This is like being of service to a whole other level Mm -hmm. because, you know, we can do a mediumship reading for someone and we're being of service to spirit, but we're also bringing comfort to Mm -hmm. their loved ones that are still here I guess there's some being of service to solving the crime, but again, it's like a lot of times you don't get the closure, right? There's no, it's, it's, it's really being of service and you just Mm. go, okay. And it's, yeah, I can see where you would say it's so heavy. It's so, and I'm, I mean, it's, it's heavy and it's dark in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. In most right. cases, in most cases it is. I mean, every once in a while, you, there's a case of a missing person, a man um, who has dementia and he had been missing for 14 hours and they, uh, the television crew was at the house getting ready to film a segment on it um, because he had medical problems and what have you besides the dementia. And you know who comes walking up behind the camera but the guy that's missing. So it's not always, <laughs> you know, he just come home. So it's not always dark, but most of the time. Yeah. Most of the time it is, you know, yeah, walking I, up like, get off my lawn. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild yeah. story. It's, it's like, Oh gosh. Right. And, and I can see like you're, you're dealing with death. And I, I remember the, I remember the man in Boston, you talked about the Charles river. Mm. I remember that. Uh, that wasn't that long ago, but I don't, remember if it was he was drunk and stumbled into the river or if it was something else but there's it's like either way it's dark because there's a death there's a very unexpected death whether it was um a crime or not it's Mm -hmm. it's dark either way it's just what what level of dark is it so yeah that would be very difficult you wouldn't um wow, this is definitely not work for everybody. Like, no, no, definitely. You have to really do some searching within yourself to say, do I want to be of this much service kind of, you know? Well, I think it helps to remember that the whole point in in doing this is to try to offer hope, you know, Mm -hmm. and to try to give people a direction for closure. It's, It's not for glory. It's not to be the ghost whisperer. It's not for, for any of that. And, you know, when you feel like you're at the point where you can't do that anymore, then, then you shouldn't, you know, and, and you have to be able to shake it off, so to speak. If you, if you hold on to all of that stuff, then you'll, you'll end up driving yourself insane, really. 
-hmm. you know, so it's, I'm going to do what I do and hopefully this helps and then I'll keep going. And so are you as a, because you are a psychic medium and, and you have all these abilities or gifts, I'm not sure everybody's different on whether they refer to it as an ability or a gift. I'm not sure where you stand on that. Um, but are you able to, at the end of the day, set it aside and go, I did my work. I'm going to stop thinking about it. Most of the time. Yeah. I would Most think it would time. be hard, especially yeah. like you said, with children, mm -hmm. with, you know, it, it would, it would be hard to just be like, I'm going to table that and go about my night and just go have fun. You know, it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time I can, but you know, it's sometimes it's, it's, you keep rethinking it. And then that's when the inner dialogue has to happen that this isn't, this isn't my journey. And the only thing I can really do is send them as much love and as much healing energy as, as they'll accept and, you know, pray that it works out for these people. It's, it's like really an inner dialogue that has to happen when you have to remember what is it that I can control. And, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately in a situation like that, you, there's nothing you can control. I mean, really what can you control anyways, just yourself. So mm -hmm. There's this whole dialogue that happens when, when it is a case that touches home or when you get too close to a situation or, you know, and that, that will happen on occasion. Um, you know, Cause you're human, right? Yeah, right, right. yeah, exactly. We're still, yeah, we have feelings and thoughts and yeah. And so the students that are, um, cause I know you've been doing this for a while now, the mm -hmm. teaching um, classes do you find that there are students that maybe come to a class and, and think, I don't think that I can do this? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. There, some of them are, I've never see again. Um, some of them are diehard. They're there religiously. Um, but you know, it depends, it depends on the person. Sometimes they come sporadically, but most of the time it's either one and done or they're there all the time. Mm. I, one time I had a woman who it was her very first class with anything. And, she had chosen that class and I just thought, Oh God, you know, I found her during the class and I said, you've never studied before. And she said, no. And I said, you chose this for your first class. So, you know, I referred her to a psychic development group that was going on. I thought that that, you know, this is definitely not for, for the first timer, people who are just dipping their toe in the water or what have you. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not. And even if you're a, you know, one of those true crime people, it's still, it's very different to, to sit with someone who has experienced this. Right. You know, so you really want to be, you really want to be ready and, and practice as much as you can. And, and, you know, if you can't get to a class, watch the news, watch the um, investigation discovery, wives with knives or something and see if you can <laughs> <laughs> tune in and see what happens and, and practice. Well, it's funny because way. I do that. I'm a huge, I, mm -hmm. I, I am a huge, I'm not a closet dateline watcher. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a dateline watcher. And my husband's just like, I don't understand how you can be so empathetic and all of this and watch dateline. And, but for me, it's, no, I'm trying to, kind of read the mm -hmm. the people to see do I get it right do I whatever right this has no this has very little interest to me though I have to say and I thought I would I was like maybe I'll sign up for her class and now I'm like no I think I'll just stick to the you know mm -hmm. I, I think it would be too heavy for me it can be it absolutely can be and some people have had to step out of the room before, um, you know, I have had people who are crying, but then when there's that moment when, you know, you nail something that's a, that was a vital piece of evidence and you say, I'll never forget this one class. I, I don't even remember what the case was, but I remember that there was a red wagon. It was a child and there was a red wagon that was crucial to this case. And the woman picked up on that. And that moment for her was, was huge because if, if that had been a case that we were working and she had said the red wagon, she would have directed the law enforcement to solving that case. That's how important that was. So that moment for her was, was huge. And so to be a part of that is, is pretty cool too. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes it's, it's too much, but then there are those moments, you know, where, where they go, okay, you know what? I can do this. Yeah. 
And it's I funny because, um, sorry, Ginger, it's funny because we all talk about lost animals and we all do mm-hmm. animal communication readings and doing lost animals are like, oh God, um, because they're so difficult because there mm-hmm. is that attachment and people are so mm-hmm. in such a desperate mm-hmm. situation and stuff like that. And it's like, um, really kind of difficult and it's like I do read for lost animals because I read in that way that kind of lends itself to that reading but at the same time every time I do one I'm like I don't know if I can keep doing this I don't know if I can keep doing this what you're doing brings that to a whole new level Mm. you know what I mean like oh my gosh like yeah yeah it's pretty big yeah there was really only one time where I I was like I don't know if I can keep doing this and that's because I I had gotten so involved um it it you know at the risk of sounding very dramatic it involved a a um you know a drug group and a whatever you call that and a and a crooked police department cover-up kind of thing and i had started to get threats and my husband was like you're done that's it you're not doing this anymore and so that was probably the only time where i was like i don't know not everybody wants to be faced with their own truth you know so when you're talking to 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 the people involved with it and you know that the person that you're talking to is the person who's partially responsible for this person's murder um yeah there's like this element of danger now like okay so now they know that you know right you're getting close to knowing right like yikes and it's not usually that dramatic that was really only that that one time um it was that dramatic but it's usually not and so you know, that was a little, a little hairy. Mm. Um, and so you, you know, that was when, that was a lesson for me in learning when I should back off and when I should, you know, what, what am I, what is my boundary here? And when I see something that dangerous, you know, because you tend to think, is this real? Is this really happening? And doesn't this only happen in the, on the news or in, right. in the movies or what have you? And then when, when you experience it, it's, it's, it's very surreal and scary and so you, you learn like, okay, you know, that's, that's energy that I'm going to recognize when that comes up again. And I'm not going to go there. That was probably the only case where I was like, I don't know if I should, if this is for me, you know, yeah. just cause it was, cause the, the threats were real. So it was really scary. Yeah. Wow. wow. Well, I do think it's a calling. I, I do think it's a calling because you're being led that way. Yeah. Um, that even though all of the things that we talked about, you're not getting, uh, validation or confirmation or closure you're still of service mm-hmm. so in your heart you know what I mean you're still doing this no matter what it means to you at all mm-hmm. and I think that you must have really good boundaries or be good at boundaries because I don't know how you could do that without good boundaries and I think when we talk about lost animals right I that's part of my issue is having a boundary yeah. of um you know, not being able to deliver, you know, kind of getting yeah. caught up, caught up in that. Um, so I, I just think, I think it's unbelievable work. I really do. Yeah. And I love that you are teaching other people to do it um, because we probably need more people mm. that can step into that space uh, and do it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, part of it, Ginger, is going into it and saying not every psychic is right. You know, most of us are right 75% of the time when it comes to this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not promising the world and it's giving what you, what you can. And hopefully that makes a difference. Hopefully that helps somebody find peace, Yeah. you know? Yeah. So that's really the whole, the whole point in these classes, you know, they start with a meditation and they end with a healing circle because it's, you know, you want to end on a high note. You don't want to send people home after having seen the stuff that we see right you know so we we do a healing circle and we send out love and light to anybody who needs it Mm. and everyone who needs it and so i think i don't feel like it's much different than that you know than people who sit at home and pray for the world right right Um, right they do it quietly without looking for accolades i kind of feel like it's similar Mm, definitely Yeah. yeah super cool yeah it's really just fascinating um i think it's a whole different twist that people wouldn't think of um i think for for our listeners i think um it is just going to be a huge interest um Mm -hmm. you you really wouldn't you would be thinking of um ghost whisperer or one of those shows that's not the case um at all 
But, um, well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. Um, we did have a few questions, I think, that we So we do, our, we do our questions at the end. So I will ask you a couple. Um, the first one is uh, just interested to know what your spiritual upbringing was. I was raised, um, I was raised Irish Catholic. Gotcha. Yeah. We always attract the Catholics. We all know we're all Catholic here or were at some point. We always attract the Catholics. Yeah. Um, so I'll ask you a couple other questions along those lines. Um, well, not really, but the first one is one of my, it's one of my favorite questions. Um, if you could have dinner with any one person dead or alive, who would you choose? Jesus. Interesting. Good. Yeah. And um, if, if God does exist when you die and you get to the pearly gates of heaven, what would you like to hear him say? Have a glass of wine, kid. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Pull up a bar stool. <laughs> oh, we did say Irish, right? So yeah, yeah, there you go. Awesome. Well, thank you, uh, Jen. This was awesome. And I do... Um, think we'll be reaching back out for scrying because we all that's <laughs> oh god yes that's um, so we'd love to do an episode uh, with you uh, there as well and so we are going to post as we normally do we'll have Genevieve's um, information up on the psychicwives.com um, and if you find us on Apple Podcasts you can find us on the psychicwives.com the same um, as everything and what am I missing I'm missing something here he was offering a discount for oh, okay. Yes. 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 So if you're listening, um, Psychic Wives 2020 is a coupon code for um, booking an appointment with me for 20% off. Um, and you just go to my website and you can book right through the website and you just enter in, it'll say redeem code, Psychic Wives 2020. Oh, great. Well, thank you. We'll have her, you uh, will have your website linked to our website so. yeah and remember everybody when you go to our website there's a um, menu item or the nav bar or whatever the heck you call it that says guests and if you click on that you will see all our guests from past episodes and Genevieve's information will be all right there um, thank you for you to easily access okay thank you. this was so interesting thank you for being on our show thank yep. you for having me this is this was awesome <laughs> yeah. super super great we thank you so very much so very much um mm -hmm. and again yeah that whole other stuff this is not the last time you're going to be on here just saying <laughs> <laughs> just saying okay. just saying right, well, you're second wife, so technically we could just have a fourth co-host too so. That's right. <laughs> yeah, there we go. yeah there we go all right so we will be back again next week um, and we hope you're back again with us as well. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.